And here we are, we are live, people, on our very first podcast. This is Honor Club. Three very esteemed hosts for you today. We have myself, RGX, Prediction God, and a lifelong wrestling fan. Over 25 years of watching. I'll introduce you to our other co-host. Uh, Ray, introduce yourself, buddy. Oh yeah, I'm right, Russell. Um, I'm a king of FPL, I would say right now. You know, I've, I brought this group together. Uh, I'm sorry, RGX. Um, but yeah, I've been watching wrestling since like around about 1997, I'd say. Um, so that's really about 25 years. That is probably 25 years as well. Okay. And Frozzy, take the floor. Yeah, so I am current FPL Canadian champion because Ray decided to put himself over, so I'm going to do the same. Um, and I have been watching wrestling since 1998, and I believe the first pay-per-view I ever actually saw was fully loaded, and it was Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, first blood match. Ooh, and I watched it in a pub randomly, just completely random, and I was hooked. Yeah, I can tell you all you'd be hooked for that, especially a match like that. Yeah, it was unreal. That's a good icebreaker, that. So what was your your first match that you remember, Ray? I can't remember a match in particular. The first thing I remember, I don't even know if it happened in 1997, but it was um, the whole storyline with when the Austin got ran over. Uh, he got ran over and it was Rikishi and he did it for The Rock. I can't oh, God. around that point, but that's the storyline that goes into my head instantly. That was the same the pay-per-view Kurt Angle debut, wasn't it? Maybe, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it must have been because literally all I remember, because I watched so much wrestling, I can't remember if I watched the match recently that I would have watched years ago or, yeah, as I actually did watch it years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my vivid memory of I did it for The Rock. Awesome. Well, mine, mine was to uh, remember the Lex Express where they were desperately trying to get Lex Luger over as the all American hero. Uh, like, that's the kind of first program like i remember as far as first match it was uh i think it was even a clip show i don't even think it was the the match itself uh but it was just like a video package for razor ramon uh that's how he's such a kind of devastating thing when he passed away a few days ago which we'll cover in the news shortly but yeah uh, as far as first match I don't even remember for sure. It was Bret Hart uh, and somebody anyway. I can't remember who it would have been. Yokozuna maybe? They had a lot of matches to be fair. Yeah. It was the early 90s. I was about four or five years old. So it's fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that's why I only remembered the main event like Austin and Undertaker. I probably watched loads of matches before that but that's the yeah. one. That's the same with me as well. Like my brother got me interested, so the reason I was watching it is because my brother used to watch it, and that's why I like part bits like Austin getting rid over is linked to my brain. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Who was your favourite wrestler when you were growing up, Smooth? It was The Rock, purely because he was mint, and I loved him. Still do, to be fair, but yeah, it was always The Rock. He was just like dead charismatic, everything that you'd want. To like like about someone was him, and he was you know, so endlessly like, yeah. quotable in the playground too. 
Oh yeah, you could you could do the. It doesn't matter to anyone, even a teacher. It was unreal. <laughs> We're talking the rock and not mock Rocky Maivia. We're not going back there. No, that didn't even happen. <laughs> that wasn't a thing. He didn't debut in 1997. That. I've only just recently watched that again because uh, I've been going in order in the pay views, and that was just horrific. <laughs> yeah. That running was it 96 or 97? 1996. Yeah. It was 96. Yeah. Everyone thinks the hair is the worst thing about that run. It's not. It's that running shoulder breaker finisher. That, that was, was yeah, awful. It, it was unique for, to have. It was not unique, but it was just that it wasn't. I wasn't used for that to be a finisher. It was just a move. Yeah. Uh, no, it didn't work on the arm at any point, and it was just like this is a shoulder breaker. Yeah. Well, so that's us. Uh, we are on our club, so let's hit the theme for the news. Did 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 news? <laughs> so <laughs> you can tell the production uh, quality is really high around here. So obviously, huge stories this week. Uh, it's not been short on news at all. Uh, first thing that's uh, the kind of major talking point, of course, is the passing of Scott Hall. An absolute wrestling legend. Uh, spent time in WCW, WWE, WWF back in the day, and TNA, uh, which sure TNA was a rough time in his life, but even then he was hella entertaining. Uh, so he had all his battles with his demons through the years, but managed to get himself sorted in 2014, teaming up with DDP. Uh, and entering the accountability crib with Jake and for a hip operation to be what takes him out after all he survived kind of sucks but his memory will live on yeah I understand I was, I was devastated to hear about it Look, I didn't get to watch I watched a lot of Scott Hall pre post his wrestling um, so like, like a lot of throwback matches I watched like obviously him and Shawn Michaels um, was one of my favourite matches. Like it was, yeah, it was horrific uh, to, just to hear it. It was just like like RGX said about it's a hip operation after everything that the guy did in his life. A yeah, hip operation. It, and it's well, just we... like, if, if you told me that Scott Hall was going to pass away and I had to guess how he was going to pass away, that would be bottom of the list. It's just absolutely horrendous. Yeah, especially after he turned himself around and then that, like he's fine, yeah. fine. Like, because uh, I, the Jake the Snake, re- was it the resurrection of Jake the Snake? So the documentary, yeah. and I didn't even know he was in it, but then he just appears in the wheelchair, and it's to see how he be. And then obviously a few years later, he's fine, and then suddenly this was it. I, I can't remember what show it was, whether it was Legends of Wrestling or something like that, but the one where he's like stumbling out the curtain. Right, the promoter oh, yeah. still sent him out there in that state, and it was horrible. Obviously, they covered yeah. that in the Jake documentary, but yeah, like cause yes. I only just saw Living on the Razor's Edge, the uh, the WWE documentary they released, and I saw some of the footage like that, and it was, it was horrible, wasn't it? He seemed zombified. Yeah, and he's the first one to tell you that he was in such a bad place back then. But even then, I mean, like, you're hearing stories from all these independent talent 
that he would, whenever he was booked for a show, he would come in and like buy food and drink for the guys and treat them well and sit them down and give them advice and stuff. Just trying to pay forward what the veterans had done for him back in the day. Yeah, he'd have been so much better in like he was good. I mean, he was like one of the best. But if you put him into days where it's all a bit more not drugs and drink and everything like that. Can you imagine how good he would have been? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was charisma. Yeah. He could cut a promo like not many people can. And he knew his limitations in the ring as well. He wasn't flash, but he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Like he's not bouncing around and trying to do spectacular moves. He was just his move set was perfect for him. So segue and into also sad news, sadly. Uh, obviously, last Friday on SmackDown, which we'll cover, uh, Big E broke his C1 and C6 vertebrae, uh, taking a belly-to-belly suplex from Ridge Holland. Uh, there's said to be absolutely no heat on Ridge for the accident, uh, the accident at all, either from Big E or the company. All the guys are just treating it as a kind of accidents happen kind of deal. Uh, but the one benefit out of all this is it doesn't require any surgery, just immobilization to heal it up. Uh, uh, as reported by Wrestle Talk and PWI Insider, there was a doctor, I can't remember the name offhand, had said that with the C1 vertebrae being basically the bit that holds your skull and it provides the most protection to the spinal cord. If it doesn't heal properly, it could end his career. But obviously that doctor hadn't seen the x-rays or anything. Uh, so he he was kind of speculating. But fingers crossed he's able to rehab it and get back. It's, it was bad enough that he'd gone from being world champion on New Year's Eve, losing the title in day one in a last-minute decision, and all of a sudden he was back on SmackDown teaming with Kofi again. So, fingers crossed he just comes back from injury with a hell of a lot of fire and gets back up there again. Watch, I, I've not seen SmackDown, but I've seen that, obviously, because it got shared everywhere online. And it's just like, how is he still alive? It's nuts. When you, yeah. when you watch the landing, it's just like, I know he's broke his neck, but he's actually been... Like if it, as long as he's not paralysed and stuff like that, he's been incredibly lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the timing of the move, wasn't it, from them both? It's just the timing was off and it's caused that. Yeah. I'm glad they aren't... Like, because I know with certain wrestlers they have, if like, they've injured like a big star, like, they're just instantly panned. I'm glad if that is the case with Rich Holland that they're not blaming him and cut short everything. Yeah. Like, definitely from what I'd seen, I... He'd kind of stumbled going into the, the belly to belly, like Big E coming into Ridge Holland. And because of that, Ridge couldn't get enough momentum to flip him over. And Big E didn't have enough footing to be able to spring off. So it was like just one of those kind of freak accident things. And that's why I'm saying, like, uh, according to PW Insider and WrestleTalker, said to be like zero heat on Ridge for the accident. And that's the way they're looking at it, as an accident. I mean, you're in a wrestling ring, aren't you? It's going to happen. 
it's not intentionally going out to hurt him. So yeah, like you could tell about it was because I watched it pre knowing about it, post knowing about it. That's the word, post knowing about it, and uh, you could tell instantly when it happened. The ref was panicking completely. Like she rushed him, and she was going like. Are you okay? But she didn't know what to do in the circumstance. I thought Pat was going to cry. Yeah. Pat was genuinely terrified for him. Yeah. Um, but it didn't affect, like, the match. You could tell the ending of the match was the ending of the match. Like, that wasn't changed. That was what was supposed to happen. Not the, the actual finish, the move, but, like, the actual finish of the match was the finish of the match. Yeah. Well, to segue into later news then, uh, there's still no Cody Rhodes. Uh, Good. <laughs> I don't want to see him in WWE. I don't want to see it. Why would you go back? I know, right. So he left EW, what was it, 19th of February, so we're nearly coming up to the one-month mark. There wasn't any uh, no-compete, from what we know. His contract had just ended. He could have showed up in the following row if he was signed. Then we hear that Creative have plans for him, but there was discussions around the neck tattoo. How accurate that is? No idea. That was Dave Meltzer. Then we hear that Creative don't know what's happening. And then the next day we hear, oh, Creative has plans for him. They just don't know when it's kicking off. Then we hear it's Seth Rollins he's facing at Mania. But that might change, like the old hard subject to change. Right. I feel like if it, that if, makes sense. At if least that. Rollins makes sense because he's not got a direction just now, which is crazy. We'll discuss that in Raw, but how your third top star in the company doesn't have a match three weeks out from Mania is ridiculous. Yeah, I honestly think it is, like, pardon the pun, but I think it is like smoke and mirrors and he will be facing Rollins and they know that. Like, because uh, there's no way Seth Rollins doesn't have a match at Mania already. Surely, from like a WWE perspective, if you've got Cody Rhodes and you know you've got him coming in, there's no no compete. He's fresh off AEW TV. Why not bang him straight into Raw? Why not just do it? He's like he's current. He's there. Everyone knows who he is. You just throw him straight in because he's he's going to bring an audience because he's Cody Rhodes. Yeah. To be fair, they, they were testing the waters though, weren't they? They kept hinting at him in promos and pe- just to see the reaction of people and it didn't seem like anyone was really bothered at the same time, which is worrying. Yeah, what I will say though, and I, I said this kind of jokingly when Cody Rhodes' contract first ended, I would be very surprised if he's not dropping out on main event in six months. Surprising. Possibly even under the star uh, Stardust gimmick. He'll be on uh, NXT going for the North American Championship. Did you see the um, image floating around of uh, they um, they photoshopped him at um, Madison Square Garden as Stardust? Yeah. Like everyone was like, because obviously you couldn't see it live. People were going, "He's there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see that on Twitter actually. If he comes in as Stardust, that's me done already. I, just, I can't accept it. I would yeah. even be happy for like. Uh, Steph to like turn up one day in the star and the stardust gimmick paint. Right, you see as part of the go home angle. If if oh, Seth yeah, turned up dressed as Stardust. 
I would pop for that. That would be hilarious. That's probably a better idea than any writer in WWE has had. For listening to the podcast, though. We've been waiting on Veer. That's how Veer comes in. Nicking the Stardust gimmick. And how many Cody fighting Mania for the Stardust gimmick. The Veer thing is just a thing forever. He never comes in and he just keeps saying he's coming. That's what I want to happen now. I don't ever want to see him. Or Cody Rhodes comes in as Veer. And what I found hilarious as well when I was researching the news for this recording, one of the stories on the site was five ways to make Veer come. <laughs> I was like, well, it really depends on his preferences, but it can't be that hard. <laughs> I don't know, he's, he's been holding on for a while. <laughs> that is tantric so as we... F. <laughs> What we what we thinking about Brandy Rhodes coming into the WWE? We thinking that shouldn't happen. No, I see her part of the deal, though, isn't she? I see her joining the uh, women of wrestling with Tessa Blanchard and AJ Lee. Long as she stays away from, I can't. I'm not a fan of Brandy Rhodes. Just can't get her. I think it was just because she was so forced in AEW. Yeah, I mean, obviously she's still greener than than good shit, but. She she still had a screen presence. She could carry herself. It just the wrestling work just wasn't there. It's just uh, hatred more than carried her. <laughs> but, they did the thing with Paige Van Zandt as well, didn't they? And now nothing's going to happen because she's gone. Don't know why they did that because like they no. knew he was not in contract. So why would they suddenly do the Paige Van Zandt? And now obviously it's linked to Ty Conti, which probably is much better. But, um, it just still makes no sense. No, Speaking of Paige Van Zandt, uh, a new story came out uh, when I was researching for today. Uh, apparently she got stopped at the airport on her way to Dynamite on Wednesday uh, because they had booked to travel under the name Paige Van Zandt instead of uh, Paige Vanderveld or whatever her married oh, name is. Yeah. Uh, so what she had done to prove she was Paige Van Zandt was Google herself, and the first story that came up, no word of a lie, was Paige Van Zandt and husband make sex tape. Obviously, she's got oh, the OnlyFans. She's got the OnlyFans, yeah. So that was the first thing that came up when she was uh, telling the, the air, airport person to Google her. So that was nice and embarrassing for her, but apparently she played it off well. Well, I mean, she does, like, put sex tapes online. I mean, how else do you play it up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and a final bit of breaking news. Um, for us Brits, this is particularly exciting. The long-rumoured WWE UK pay-per-view. While it's not been confirmed by WWE themselves, we've now got a date uh, and a location. Uh, the Principality Stadium in Cardiff is going to be hosting a pay-per-view on Saturday the 3rd of September. So first of all, I vote we make that the first official Honour Club meet-up. Definitely. Yeah, I've been to Cardiff before and it's it's alright, so why not? Uh, and I would expect to see WWE themselves make an announcement on that in the near future. But the stadium... Uh, box office has started uh, like 
advertising tickets for it and it, they are calling it a premium live event, not a, a house show. So it's not WWE, it's WWE. Yeah, it's running, as Smooth um, said, it's running the same amount of week as All Out, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, got to be... It wouldn't surprise me if All Out still go ahead on the Saturday night because, of course, it'll be either taped away or playing earlier, so it wouldn't be head-to-head. They'll be, yeah, like, that's... getting home from the show just in time for All Out to start. Yeah, so it's not No, they used to do that, didn't they, when they did like Insurrection and Rebellion over here. It used to be like eight over here, and then they'd stream it at like one in the morning. Yeah. It was strange. It yeah, was I don't think they'll do it tape delay. Uh, obviously, you've seen the kind of precedent with the Saudi shows where if it's happening at 11 o'clock in the morning, it's happening at 11 o'clock in the morning. So uh, I don't think they'll tape delay it. It'll be streamed live whatever time yeah. it'll be in America so 8 o'clock here it'll be 3 o'clock in the afternoon yeah in the east coast anyway okay. I don't want to the eastern because of the FBI <laughs> yeah like I don't want to ruin the uh, a bit of a spoiler for the Smackdown review in a moment but uh, you think it's going to be headlined by Butch <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, or do drop winning the women's championship or Drew McIntyre against Tyson Fury. Just we'll put them together, Butch and Dewdrop. Just, just what a what a team, Butch and Dewdrop. Oh God, I feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, the last bit of news: uh, WWE have just released the. I shouldn't say WWE have just released that has all sorts of connotations now. Uh, WWE have announced the latest Performance Centre recruits uh, with uh, former Ring of Honor Women's Champion Roxy among them. Uh, good for her getting signed by a big company. Uh, she's got a hell of a lot of potential. Uh, but yeah, most of the others were all kind of track stars. A few people who had been on AEW Dark. Uh, I couldn't recognise many of them. Uh, could you guys? Santino Morello's daughter is one of them. Yeah. I'm surprised by Roxy, though, that she wouldn't be in our uh, Ring of... Not Ring of Honor. AEW. Yeah, I I think, honestly, WWE just get in there first. Made a better offer. Um, How many more people can you sign? Thing is, as well, she's still only, what, 21? After that? So she's still young, still got a hell of a lot of potential. And so she's, she's, she's coachable. And she's still got time to hate WWE, then they'll end up at AEW. Yeah. We'll do a podcast with Chris Jericho. <laughs> to write a passage. Can't accept Chris Jericho will still be doing his podcast in five years' time, surely. No, I can't accept that, doesn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, there was a lot of stuff discussed in the the episode with William Regal from the other day, but we'll save that to the next one because part two hasn't come out yet. So part one yet. So we'll discuss uh, the interview as a whole once part two has been released. But there's some real juicy tidbits in the in part one. So. I think that covers all the kind of major news. So, Rate, would you like to 
give us your ratings for the wrestling this week. Yeah, so um, I think we should go in the order. So we both, um, me and you watch SmackDown, I believe, RGX. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Smooth hasn't seen SmackDown, but he saw Raw and Dynamite. So we'll start with SmackDown just to leave him out. Uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. Um, so yeah, SmackDown, like, just to give like a spoiler straight away, SmackDown's felt like a go-home show already. And there's still like two shows to WrestleMania. All it was was just forcing WrestleMania on you. Everything, like, the, every promo is about WrestleMania. The matches they didn't care about, it was just about WrestleMania. It was just forced. They've been doing that since the day after Royal Rumble. It's just, but it was horrendous. Like, literally nothing. The match quality was bad because they didn't care. It felt like. Like, um, like I love the opening. Like, uh, Lesnar and his uh, usual cowboy attire. That's the first time I've actually seen it because I've not been watching SmackDown or Raw until we started doing this, and I thought I probably should get involved. Um, but Lesnar in his cowboy attire calling out Roman Reigns and then obviously Heyman comes out says Roman Reigns isn't in the building and then he dis- <laughs> he chased uh, Roman um, Lesnar starts chasing Roman uh, I keep confused now Lesnar starts chasing Heyman out back so Heyman's doing his penguin waddle all the way out back <laughs> and then um, you see with um uh, the security try and stop Lesnar because Lesnar's such a beast of a man. He kind of breaks through the first two. He runs past the third and then he realises he's probably going to catch Paul Heyman. So he turns around and starts beating up the security to give Heyman time to actually get in the car to drive off. Yeah, you've got to keep the magic alive. Yeah, it was, it was just like you could tell he, it was, he was going to get there. And he was like, actually, I probably I need to do something. But yeah, that was one of probably my favourite things that happened on SmackDown, which probably isn't a good sign. Uh, segment. Wow. Yeah, that segment at the start. Yeah, because Lesnar's a big draw, isn't he? Any, anything he's doing yeah. at the moment, like he, face Lesnar was never a thing until now. As in, like, something you want to see. Yeah. yeah. What will become a theme in WWE wrestling over the next few shows, including this one, like, it's. Challenger shouting to a champion that isn't there. Yeah, because it's the kind of uh, Roman Reigns is going down the uh, the crappy or the shit hill route, isn't it? Or just like he's he's attacking him from behind. Like that Madison Square Garden attack was brutal. Now, come on, Ray. He's not a shit heel. He is a cerebral genius. He strategist. Same thing. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, straight after that, you had the um, the Rich Hodderland and Sheamus with Butch um, facing the New Day, Big E and Kofi Kingston. Obviously, that match was marred by the um, unfortunate thing that happened with Big E that he's uh, with the net break. It was just, if you take that out of context, uh, the, the rest of the match was very just run-of-the-mill tag team match. Like, there was nothing there. Yeah, by the heels run. Yeah, the heels on the top, then the face are on top, then obviously the accident happened. And as I said earlier, I think that finish was the way the finish was booked. I think that was what how it was going to finish anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I genuinely think that was the finish for it. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was very run by numbers, as you said. Um, I'm just quickly, I think I rated it. I'm just going to have to get my listing up because I haven't logged into my account like a divvy. Um, I think I rated it around about two and a quarter stars. Yeah, I'd say that tracks. It was fairly yeah, average, obviously, if you... Yeah. Is this on the Uncle Dave scale? 
this is on the Uncle Dale scale, but my scale doesn't have like a below numbers slot. Yeah, I ain't doing minus numbers. That's a stupid. <laughs> you're not doing eight. You're not doing seven stars. Or Brian, Brian Alvarez no. minus five stars. No, yeah, <laughs> mine is zero to five. Even if it's like better than a normal five star match, it's it's just a five star match because it just gets silly. If you start yeah. rating stuff seven and a half, then eight, then twelves, and then it's just pointless. You never see like a movie rated unless it's a joke rated more than a five star. No. What if it's in the Tokyo Dome? Oh no, then I'll go up to about nine. Uh, <laughs> Infinite stars. You know, if this match was in the Tokyo Dome, it was about a four and a half. <laughs> no, it's but not yeah. got Omega in it. <laughs> but yeah, as I said as well, like what I said to you guys, I was going to read out cage match comments about each match, not the lowest rating, just to see what someone thought about it as well. Um, I've got one here called Joe Hogg, the guy. The match was terrible. Without emotion, it was useless. A very bad match. The Lafaros should have taken that screen time instead of the wasted time. I do agree Basically. that the Lothario should be on TV more, but I wouldn't have said it was a bad match. Right. Yeah, it's silly, isn't it? Yeah. It's just a match. A lot of like the TV matches, even with AEW, I don't find them that interesting. It's just a match. It's building a story, and then the big match obviously happens at the pay-per-view. That's why it's so difficult to watch sometimes. Yeah, it's just... It's one in ones, isn't it? Mania, they care about more about what's going to happen at Mania than what's happening on the shows. Yeah. Yeah moving, yeah, moving on from that, like, uh, you had some more Mania packages. I didn't note down what they were, but I think it was like Rousey and Charlotte's rivalry and stuff like that. And then you had a good old uh, women's match, which they started to not care about anymore, so they're all like below five minutes. Like, uh, I've looked in cage, man. So, like, it was Naomi versus Sasha Banks. No, sorry, Naomi and Sasha Banks. Uh, facing Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Yeah, like, Frankenstein most... versus Frankenstein. Yeah, I was about to say the most hodgepodge teams I've ever seen in my life, which is like, let's throw these people together. I can see Natalia and Baszler working as a tag team, but like Please. Naomi and Sasha Banks, I just don't get it. Like, what is that happening? That actually has history. Uh, if you remember when they were called up, you had uh, Team Bad, which was oh, Hart, yeah. uh, Naomi, and Tamina. As like a kind of trio stable, like it lasted like two weeks. Phil Tamina got <laughs> but, to bigger and better things. <laughs> yeah, so there is history there. You can argue, but it's one of those if you squint, it's mint. Yeah, it was just there, wasn't it? Like uh, I rated it like a one point seven follow, so it's it, yeah, not great. Uh, New finisher from Sasha though. Well, I don't know if they've named it yet. No, I've not heard a name for it at all at the moment. Um, and it was just like the usual WWE switch finish with the interference. You know, like it, it was more about uh, just wasn't good. To be honest. Yeah. Like I, there's not even because the matches are below five minutes, I can't even give you a cave match comment because they don't. Um, if it's below five minutes, they don't rate it at, rated at all. Like I still give stuff for it because even if you you have to give it time, even a squash match, you'll rate because it's a match. You know, I can't yeah. just not say it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, so it was just, it was there. And then obviously there was more Mania promotion, which I have no idea what it was. Um, as I said, I just, I faded out of caring about Mania with the uh, SmackDown promotion. And then you had the good old match, uh, this will surprise you, Smooth, of Rick Boogs versus Boogs. Jay Uso. What a match. Was it a good match? It was not. 
Um, it was another couple of race spots. It was like a two two minute match, and it was just it was quick. Remember like when Jey Uso was like the right hand man main event? Jey Uso took Roman Reigns to his limit in a a steel cage of a last man standing match. It was Jay. He so didn't capitalize on that. Yeah, and now losing the books in two minutes. Two minutes, like oh, good grief! I've never seen Rick Boogs wrestle ever. We still haven't. Like, he has a look, and he's some of the moves he can do. Like, the, he's just a power guy. He's like Bron Breaker. If Bron Breaker wasn't good at all, so it's just like you can see it in him, but it's never going to happen. Like, he always reminded me of Elias when I saw him on screen. I was like, he's just Elias. Yeah, it probably it could be Elias. Where is Elias? Uh, hell of a mustache. Uh, apparently, uh, they are still trying to work out what his gimmick should be. Like, Rick's Boogs, brother. <laughs> Elias Boogs. I wanted that for a one, because, yeah, it yeah. just happened. It was literally, if I remember, the finish was just a roll-up as well, wasn't it? It was just like, just happened. Um, and then the main event, which was, I always think a main event should be the match of the night, so it was the match of night, luckily. Um, it was uh, Sami Zayn versus Ricochet in an Intercontinental Championship match. Just like a repeat of it, so that was a that was a very good. Well, it was a good. It wouldn't. I wouldn't say it'd be a good pay per view match, but it was a good SmackDown match, which isn't saying much. I do realise, but it was that actually was a good clean. match. Look, like, like I rated it to uh, two and a three quarter stars. Like that was the, the highest it went. That we there. It's it funny how a weird. clean match gets a good rating. Yeah, like there was no like I was surprised there was no interference, like Knoxville popping up on a screen or something like that. It was just a nice clean match. They both hammered it out and it finished well. Um, they had a weird start of the match where Fury came down. No, was, yeah, Fury came down to sit. Yeah, Fury looked like an absolute trump. Oh, no, no, he just came down. I'm, I'm mixing with Raw now. He just came down and just started chatting crap at uh, Pat McAvee. And then Pat McAvee jumped the table and started beating the crap over him. And then Michael Cole was selling like, I know he's a performer, but he's a commentator first. We're going to have to see what this means for him on the commentary table. And it's like, it means nothing. He'll be back next week. Right. Yeah, it was a, overall, it was a decent matchup. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, got... one with a 630, which is good to see him get that and get a clean 1 2 3 for once. No yeah. cheap roll ups or winning yeah, against the odds. Well, it was yeah. a straight up clean victory. Made them look strong for the first time in years in WWE. Red they were supposed to be getting behind him now, weren't they? Yeah, second face of the company. Uh, well, second face on SmackDown, supposedly, behind whoever the first face is. Who's the top face on SmackDown? Hmm. He might Next be the top question. face on SmackDown. <laughs> he might, you know. It's a but good yeah, question. Um, yeah, it went. Um, is he classing his Lesnar? Is Lesnar classed as the first day face? Big E before he got injured. Yeah, it might be that as well. Um, but yeah, like so that went 12 and a half minutes, which is major for SmackDown as well. Um, but yeah, I'll read the uh, the good old bad comment, uh, which it, to be fair, it wasn't that bad of a rate, and they rated it a five, which on cage matches like average, so a 2.5, I'd say. Uh, Ricochet flied around, the, uh, flied around, and Zayn tried to keep him flying. This was worse than their match last week. I mean, yeah, it wasn't quite up to the standard of last week's match, but 
And that was from good. Garmin. <laughs> that was from Garmin Bosier. Poor take, Garland. Poor take. But yeah, it's like it's overall it was just not a great show. Like you had the the main event was the best match, and then the tag team match was just run of the mill. The women's match shouldn't it's just there now, which I feel bad. Like they had the women's revolution. Like matches were getting good, and like they were showing up, and now they're just throwing people together again just to get a tag team match at WrestleMania. And then Boogs versus Uso. Yeah. Like the guys on one of the servers were in quite came up with a good idea and I, I totally agree with it that after WrestleMania they should retire the women's championships and bring out a mid card title. Like the tag team yeah. championships I mean. And yeah, because they need to do something because it's the tag team there's not a proper tag team is if you think about it. I'm trying to think if there's actually a tag team. That's genetic like you didn't like, like there's no like Bellas or anything anymore where you, you can see them as a tag team. Bellas have never competed in the tag team division. Which is more incredible, isn't it? The Bella mm-hmm. twins, the sisters, haven't competed. And then you've got like uh they had the Royce and Kay um iconics. Is that what they were called in WWE? Yeah. Yeah. Inspirations now, isn't it? Yeah. Um yeah, like they were a legit tag team. So they bend them off. Um but yeah, so that was my overall thoughts on SmackDown. Like, what do you think, RGX? Yeah, it was like to give it a a rating on my side overall maybe a 2 out of 5 like, it, was, yeah. it was there I kept quite spinning but you could have easily skipped this one yeah look on, uh, I rated it 4 out of 10 for the style they use in K-Match uh, there's a guy here which is Jehoge again who rated it 0 out of 10 <laughs> this has been one of the worst wrestling shows I've ever seen everything this that happened in this show was amazing what? The Usos versus Nakamura and Boogs in WrestleMania shit. The Lotharios should be in their place. I think he's a big Lotharios fan. Boogs is the worst. The Corbin and Drew segment was shit, which I kind of remember that segment. Yeah, it was just typical heels beat down uh, Drew. Drew fires up, beats up heels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so it was just like a strong Donovan. And then his, his final parting words, same as Sheamus' new stable is shit. The show was shit. <laughs> it's all shit. Everything is yeah. shit. <laughs> to be fair, from what you've described, it sounds like it was the first segment and the main event and everything yeah. else may as well have not been there. It was I, I, there. Like, the perfect fair, description I, of it, it was there. Look, I didn't bring up the Knoxville things you brought here uh, for before we started recording, I think. But you know, I yeah. enjoyed that because I like no- Johnny Knoxville and I think he might pull off a decent match at WrestleMania. From the forum I saw at Royal Rumble, I'm expecting him to be like Kenta Kabashi. <laughs> if nothing else, it'll be entertaining. Yeah, like I'm just hoping yeah. they don't go down a route of doing flipping crap stunts, like you know, like jackass kind of stunts. Yeah. But now saying that, that doesn't happen, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You've just put a curse on that. Oh, like Dan Right. Well, we'll we'll keep this train rolling then. Uh, let's talk about Raw. But all raw, so um, let's go into that. Um, so yeah, I, once again, like starting off, I, it, look from what I can hear, like I watch many of them. I only watch them if like I've a, a good rating on them. Like uh, last week's one before, uh, sorry, before this one was the triple threat tag team. Like Chad Gay won that. Like that was a good match. Oh yeah. But like some of the matches on it were just like squashes and diabolically pants. Like the first match on the card. 
Um, so actually, starting from this, the the best things that were happening on the card were the whole KO Sephiroth Rollins bits. Um, you obviously watched this, didn't you? This dance move. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, with the KO, he's basically still selling the whole Austin Mania thing on the first start of the show. Piping himself up. Yeah, the stunners, the uh, the cameraman. Yeah. Which the sell from the cameraman was unreal. And he took a rock bump as well. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did a camera drop as well, where you could see him on the floor afterwards, so you know what his reaction is. But like, yeah, knowing Seth Rollins stuff kind of saved the whole shit. Well, it didn't really save it. It was still not great, but it it was a lot with them on it. Um, so first match you had on the card was Damian Priest versus Finn Balor, which on paper. Yeah, I mean, uh, the two have yeah, good chemistry as well when they work together, uh, but there was some, let's just call it questionable interference. Okay, it was oh, from Austin Taylor? Yeah. yeah no, no sense. Right. Don't right. understand what this is achieving to hype his match with McAfee at Mania. It isn't. So, Why is he there? Yeah, it continues the trend of I am going to shout at my opponent who isn't there. Yet another, yeah. yet another challenger screaming into the void, hoping the their challenger sitting at home is hearing them say it. Yeah, in t- in terms of the actual match, I didn't think it was bad. It's just I've seen it. Yeah, it didn't pull up any trees. So we it's... both know they can work. They both work well together. But we've seen it. Yeah. Um, with Raw, they're famous. Like in AEW, the first match never normally has a break in it. Raw, like that match should have had a break in the middle of it. So it felt like there was two minutes before the break and two minutes after the break. Yeah. As I say, Theory running out to attack Balor for reasons. Like apparently to send a message to Pat McAfee. Who isn't at the show, obviously, because he's smacked down. And if he's got any sense, he won't be watching any either. Yeah, he's probably like watching yeah. the NFL. Um, a one of four stars because I just didn't care. I'm gonna be honest. Look, as I said, the fairy stuff was weird, and it just what was worrying is I didn't pay attention at the start of the match, and I thought it was for the title, and I was like, "They've done Valerie so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, it was non That's horrible. But yeah, luckily it was a non-title match. Um, so one and a uh, three-quarter stars. I've got Viper XTJ61X in cage match, who rated it a two out of ten. Which is, I seriously at the point of having Balor randomly lose for no reason. His reign is already looking poor, and all that happened is him getting beaten up. The match was mid as well. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fair. And then yeah. the actual information he rated that lower than the information he gave. He said it was a mid match, but he rated it too. But fair enough. So, yeah, that happened. And then you had uh, the good old the match we all wait, we we're here to wait and see um, Omos versus Commander Aziz. <laughs> if, you, if you turn the sound down low enough, if you turn the crowd noise down and listen carefully, you could hear Vince McMahon's erection. <laughs> Big meaty men slapping meat. Some good. 
Right, it, it was another clunky almost match where he just stood there, shrugged off offense. Don't get me wrong, the kind of standing suplex looked okay ish. Powerful. It looked like he actually, like, Aziz was sandbagging him and he still did it. Yeah. Like, but... um, yeah, he's building... just not over. Yeah, the... For me, he needs someone who's going to make him look good. And putting him in there with Aziz isn't going to make him look good. Nobody can. As well, because Omos has just defeated Commander Aziz in a squash match. Like, who's like, I know, like, in, in essence, he, he like Roman Reigns could clearly, he should be in essence, but he's just gone through like a six foot nine guy and just squashed him. Part of me thinks whoever yeah, wins the title unification match at Mania, that will be their backlash match. Like, like how are they going to overcome Omos? Whoever is the champion beats him rather quickly and we never hear from Omos again. Happened. I mean, uh, it seems likely. It seems pretty WWE as well. Another good segment with Owen and uh, Rollins. So before it was the Rollins segment where the interviewer was just speaking at him and Rollins was just staring into space trying to figure out what he wants to do for Mania. And then the Kevin Owens uh, Rollins segment where uh, actually Owens was trying to hype Rollins saying you just need to do something spectacular you know do take your shot like I do with Austin uh, and build it up suddenly out of nowhere Rollins goes I've got it and then runs off um, and we know that. Um, and then up next was um, another questionable women's match oh, cause I'm, I, it sounds like a bagging on women's wrestling, but I like women's wrestling. It's just the wrestling on WWE's women's wrestling is bad. Is this the rematch with uh, Drop and Bianca Belair? Well, it wasn't bad, but I enjoyed that more. But this was Liv Morgan versus Queen Zelina. Oh, yeah. Um, with Carmella, weirdly loved up with Corey. Like they're together, but it's getting weird. Like they all loved up choreography scene. Um, I can see if you like turn down the crowd noise and listen very closely, you can hear Corey Graves' erection. <laughs> I can see this, it's gonna be a running gag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, my notes on this was Morgan and Zelina was a typical two minutes women's match, just more about Carmela on the outside was literally all thing. The whole match was focused on Carmella being outside the ring. Um, and that's about it for that match. I, rate, I rated that, you know, weirdly enough, after bagging on that, I rated that the same rating as the Finn Balor Damian Bruce match. Wow. So, Good obviously job. another Franken team too. I think, I don't know, but like Queen, yeah, that's just going to come on and when it gets to Wrestlemania I don't know what team I look at and goes you know that's the team I want to take the titles at Wrestlemania or keep the titles like it's just um... oh honestly it's it's got to the point where I actually don't care who has the titles it, it, that's how much it doesn't matter now because they're not going to do anything you've got to think that Vince McMahon isn't massive on women's wrestling and he isn't massive on tag wrestling so women's tag team wrestling 
It, yeah. Anywhere. Um, but yeah, and it was followed by another good segment with old, uh, Owens and Rollins saving the show for me. With the whole, uh, you know, Rollins, you knew what it was. Everyone knew he was going to hint that he wanted to face Austin or do something with Austin. But it was the build up to it and him joshing around and eventually saying, was it the right, is that what his interview is called? The Rollins Report, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and he's going, I can do a Rollins report with Austin, and then Owens is flipping out, going, No, like he's trying to be a face, but he's going, Fuck it, no. Please. Didn't he want to is... call freaking speaking or something? Yeah, this was two people fighting over the right to have a promo segment at Mania. Two people who, by rights, should be like pretty much first on the card, like when right in the card, not like first opening match. Uh, but two people, when you're putting together a WrestleMania card, should be written down immediately, fighting over a chance to have a promo segment. It rankles a bit. But are we going to fight over a promo segment? At least it's with Austin. That's all yeah. I'm thinking, you know. Is it to get beaten up by Stone Cold to leave Austin? Well, apparently he's been getting into shape and, and he's going to promos on his uh, own podcast and stuff. Austin has been saying that uh, he expects uh, Kevin Owens to get in some offence on him. So I think it'll be a back and forth. The way they're kind of talking about it is it'll be a fight scene as opposed to like a, a kind of proper match, just a kind of brawl oh, so through the like stadium kind of thing. cinematic, do you think? I don't even think cinematic. I think they're just going to brawl around the stadium oh, and yeah. it'll be... Entertaining, if nothing else. One bump that you won't expect. I don't know what it will be, but it will just be like, you know, just a bump you wouldn't expect it to happen. I don't think it's going to be like a pop-up powerbomb, because that would be insane. But, you know, like you Sting know. throwing himself for a table. Yeah. Oh, God. It'd be interesting to see how they present it in the prediction forms for the various leagues. Like yeah, what the bonus questions will be around that. Because yeah, this is going to be a winner. There can't be a winner because it's not a match. It's going to be, I'm guessing there'll just be like a joke question like how, how many stunners is Austin going to hit or how many stunners is going to be on the night due if you count it Owens. I think Owens is going to hit a stunner on Austin and he's going to no-sell it. Or he's going to sell it for a little bit. Yeah. And then to, uh, was the Mysterios. That's an actual tag team. Um, but obviously it's the men's division so it's not as hard podge. And they were ver- versing. Is that... I don't know if you Raw to that down before we, used to, we started doing the reviews. No, I didn't. The Hurt Business is done, isn't it, with Lashley? But they're still calling themselves the Hurt Business with Alexander and Benjamin, I've seen. Yeah, they did the same last time they split up. <laughs> and then uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander had their little kind of mini feud. Uh, Alexander won that feud. Both of them did nothing for months and then suddenly the heart business was back to cover. Then they weren't again and now they're back tagging again. It's just... Yeah. This was my worst match of the night because literally all... They didn't even pay attention to what was going on in the ring. It was just Logan Paul and the Miz outside the ring. They just kept panning to Logan Paul. I Half the match you probably didn't even see. Um, like around it was just there. It was just another match Mysterios to look strong, and then for Logan Paul and um, his mate Miz to beat him up. 
Yeah, we, uh, I wasn't entertained. No, me neither. Logan was a, that was bathroom break. Yeah, like an athlete though. That's all that matters. Like, it, it's still going to be a bit weird, but at least he's looking like an athlete. Uh, went on to oh, I didn't catch last the week before the whole edge turn, so uh, we went on side edge. Which where, have you seen how they introduced the actual um, the next thing and it's just a giant edge head in the corner? I don't know what they're doing. Great blue like, edge head. Yeah, just a giant light blue edge head. But it was basically just an edge uh, promo confirming he's a bit of a dick now, a, a delusional dick, but a bit of a dick. Saying that he attacks style to bring out the best of styles because that's how we get the best out of our friends. Um, Why is it he called it? His mountain of omnipotence. And then Dinny's, I'm better than you, and you know it. He basically stole MJF's line, I never remember. Yeah. And he, he shits on Roman Reigns as well, didn't he? And called him like Aquaman or something. Yeah, what, what was the words? Uh, was it discount Aquaman? Yeah, it's like something like that. It's like which, but yes, yeah, it's, it's just building up to Styles versus Edge, which is going to be good. Like they are not being good. Yeah, uh, a match has to be good. Like even though the build is weird, it's still got time. Yeah, it's questionable, but you know the end product's probably going to be good because AJ Styles is in it. Yeah. The world's greatest match that they had with Rotten wasn't. It was a decent match. Like it wasn't the world's greatest match, but it was good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, straight. I think this this must be the last hour of the show. It's already me describing. It's felt like it's gone four hours. Um, and then it's Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop. I've always been. I'm not going to call a Dewdrop because it makes me sad. Um, Pippa would better name the Dewdrop, and this was actually pretty decent. There was a bit of a back and forth. It actually went seven minutes, which for a women's match at the moment is like gold dust. Yeah, and what I liked as well is even though we've we've seen the match a few times over the last few weeks, I still get a kick out of seeing earlier get a diaper up for the the KOD. Always looks impressive. It's ridiculous. You shouldn't be able to do it, and yet it's insane. Oh, I need to call a dewdrop again. I'm just going to call a dewdrop, even though it's sad of me. Um, it just proves that she's a good wrestler. Well, yeah, she showed off a dewdrop's good as well. And they gave it seven minutes. It won with the KOD, as you said. Um, and I rate that quarter. Like, I enjoyed it. Like, it was just below average. Like, if for a women's match in WWE, like, if that wasn't a pay per view and they got more time, I think that'd be a really good match. It's, mm. it's passable overall. That's uh go to a good, because this actually passed five minutes so it can give you a good old cage match rating so I'm going to go with Gordon the Whale, because I like the name. This <laughs> match only existed off Bianca's strength by having a lift of, oh, I, I, I don't even want to say this, the big chick I'm going to say, up for a finish the problem, they've already done this spot with Dewdrop before, there was some stuff after the match to try and build up for her and Becca's Mania match, which I really enjoyed that beat down, like, that looked yeah, good Pelmanay's neck was good shot. Yeah and Really do anything for me um, so yeah uh, the match was decent I really liked the afterbirth I said that was a cornetism that was uh, I really liked the uh, the end the, like, the, the Becky Lynch beatdown 
Yeah, it was good. It it did something. That's what it needed. That's what the story needed. Because Bianca's been getting the better of her for the last couple of shows. And then celebration sequence with RKO celebrating their fantastic tag team, their two-time tag team. Um, I didn't really mention this, I'm going to be honest. I saw it was interrupted by the Street Profits leading to a match between Riddle and Ford. I don't know why it led to this match. I'm guessing it was just a usual... Yeah, Street Profits got a, a victory over them uh, a couple of weeks prior on Raw. Uh, obviously, Randy Orton was initially saying, no, we're not going to fight you. Uh, then Randy uh, is convinced by Riddle to give him a give him a chance. Uh, at, it's interesting to see uh, the prophets kind of work heel. It's the first time I remember seeing it since their very early days in NXT when they were too cool to be booed. But they we tried to work heel here. It was interesting. Yeah, the fans were booing as well. I, I thought it worked, but it's just weird seeing it. Decent match as well. Like it was cut. I think it would have been a lot better, but it was cut short by the the Otis interference, and then mm. the the general Alpha American. What are they call American Alpha? Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're, Western, they're, they are trying them. so hard to get that. I thank you thing over, and it's awful. It's just awful. It had a potential to be a good match, but it just didn't get there because of the interference. Like, I'm saying this, and I can see it went nine minutes, so, like, it, it had the potential to get there, and it didn't, according to myself. Um, but, yeah, the interference just kind of killed it completely. But I rate that two and a quarter as well. Um, it just was there. Like, it wasn't over the... T- it wasn't the, their best match, but it wasn't a bad match, especially for what was going on in Raw at the time. Yeah. For the good old uh, cage match review, uh, I'm going back to because he rated this the lowest. Gordon the Whale again. No contest. Why even bother having this match in the first place? Alpha Academy could do could have capped these guys during their promo segment. It would have been the same effect. Which, to be fair, that is genuine opinion. Like, if you wanted just a beat down. Yeah. Either way, they've set up their three-way for Mania, so that's something, I guess. It's going to be another hodgepodge tag team match. Another three-way tag for a title. And then on Riddle, or Riddle turning all, and they've got to do something now, surely. I thought they were going to do it for Mania, I'll be honest. I thought he was going to turn at the Rumble, and there we go. We've got a event next, are we, or am I missing, am I skipping over something? Um... I think I've written down. So yeah, we're into the main event, which was luckily, as I said, I like. I think main event should be match of the night, and this was a match of the night. Like it was head above everything else. It probably wasn't the best Rollins and Owens match, but it was still a lot better than anything I've seen. Um, so like it was proper off the near count. Um, they had the good old spot where um, the guy gets downed outside. I can't remember how he got down. Then, um, like, you know, the good old, the ref's counting nine and he just about gets in throw-ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rollins had the visual pin on uh, the ref, which is your usual WWE finish. And then you yeah, get like the good old... Count. Yeah, so at least it showed that Rollins beat Owens. So it, get, it kind of builds uh, Rollins as he didn't just lose clean. And then obviously you had the good old stunner for uh, Owens to uh, get the win. 
Yeah, I thought it was decent it's match still... overall, but this is a Raw that didn't have any of the, the either the Universal or uh, WWE Champion on it. We, most of these matches and promo segments were all shouting to get into the void. Right. Yeah, it was so disjointed because half of the opponents weren't there to answer the the promos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Styles. Yeah, just it was just it raw was there this week. Um, the Kevin Owens Seth and Rollins match are rated a three, which is the highest rating so far this week, which is it needed it. Um, a good old rating from actually to that everyone's ratings on Cage Match were decent, like seven out of ten, eight out of ten. So I'm not even gonna bother to. Uh, I just like seeing the mocking ones because they're hilarious. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Raw overall, I rated it a, uh, a three out of ten because it was just there. Oh, nothing, nothing impressive I've happened. Theme with WWE, just there. Yeah, look, hopefully after Mania, which I'm, it's a long shot. I hopefully it improves, but it's not going to. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll move on to uh, Dynamite St. Patrick's Day Slam. If there's nothing else uh, we want to go through on Raw. Yeah, and we'll we'll need to blitz this, guys. We are at the hour mark. I'll be less uh, in-depth with this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, let's see how it starts. So, it started with the Jurassic Express, uh, Jurassic Express versus Cole and Red Dragon. Um, Good match. Yeah, like, this was um, what you need in an opera. It just builds the entertainment, the value. It, both teams look great. Um uh, and it builds Cole as a challenger again. I don't believe Cole should be anywhere near the AEW title at the moment. But um, it still builds him as a challenger, and the match was it was good. Yeah. Um, like all that, I rated that as well as strong as the uh, Owens and Rollins match. So I rated that a three star as well. It was just it was a good opener. Yeah, yeah. there were some I, nice I touches it. in this from a story beat as well, like the. The fact that this time Adam Cole pulled down his knee pad to get the the boom on uh, Jungle Boy, so it was effective this time, and they held like perfect eye contact with Hangman throughout the full pin, showing him what could happen when he pulls the the pad down. Essentially, so had some good story beats to it as well, and it also pushes Red Dragon as a tag team championship uh, contender as well. Um, but yeah, that was it was one of the better matches. As I said that's probably even I would say it's better than Rollins versus Rollins in general, but I'd rate it around about the same in essence. Um, but yeah, um, so that like it was a decent matchup. Um, like everyone on cage match, there's one guy that hates it, but he probably just hates everything. Um, Cody Colwyn. I feel like the heels have the advantage here on St Patrick's Day since Carla Rowley and the Irish Heritage. And Adam Cole is one of the latest places of all I've ever seen. I guess we're going getting more Cole wherever we want it or not. This was boring. Oh, please. Yeah, so that was just mean, wasn't it, Rella? Opinions uh, are like arseholes. Everyone's got one. But yeah, um, so yeah, it was a good total match. A total match. It was a good tag match. Um, and then we followed that up with um, Ryan Danielson and John Moxley versus uh, Chuck Tyler and Willie Utah. This just... I'm excited-ish for Brian Danielson and Moxley, but I don't know what's happening with it yet. So it's this match was just a bit there, like just to build up Moxley and Danielson, and to build up weird Wheeler Utah weirdly. Chuck Taylor as well. Like, they both made like Moxley and Danielson made 
Chuck Taylor and Willie Eater looked really good in this match. Gave them plenty of offence, sold well for them. I think uh, it's just... With it, I think it's just like... I don't like that tag team of Willie Eater. Why Trent Beretta is there. Oh, he's injured. Is he, he's injured yeah. again. What happened now? A tricep, I think. It was a dark tape in any way, if memory serves. I'm sure comments ah. will correct me. That's not great, but yeah, it's it's. It was fine. It was just like I think it's just I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with Moxley and Brian. But then they kind of rushed. I don't want them because at the end of the match, obviously they went over. Um, I don't want them to start adding people to this group already. No, like I'll see what I think's happening at the end uh, once we've got an overall view of the show. But yeah, I think this is more just like a feeling out process at the moment. I don't think you is going to be teaming with them on Rampage or anything like that. Yeah, uh, and I think it's my ratings. But I rated it two and a half stars, so I rated it really average, but it's higher than most stuff I rate. So it's, I think it's just because it's AEW that it was a bit weaker for an AEW match in my eyes. I'm, I'm quite high on the AEW wrestling at the moment. Yeah, so you're just uh, rating it against its own kind of scale. Yeah, it's just kind of like one of the, especially if you look at the ratings I've had with the other ones. Like two and a half stars is probably one of the better matches this week. But yeah, that's like, it's just I expected more, I'm going to be honest. Um, but yeah, overall, like, it, it just did what it did. Like, I just didn't have really, like, a major opinion for it. Um, Chuck's turkey um, for Mox and Danielson are slowly getting their presentation in order. That's what I feel like. It's just there at the moment. Chuck and Utah are okay. Not sure Utah fits with Regal's team, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't think he's going to end up at root. I think that's just, like, a hint. I don't think that's actually going to happen. Yeah, I mean... As I say, I think they're kind of feeling out the kind of youngsters who are the ones that really want it and who's just there to get a paycheck kind of thing. What you might see is they start doing a kind of dojo thing. Yeah, so then we moved on to FDR and the Young Bucks having a mini promo out back where the Young Bucks came off really weird going on about style. It was obviously they knew what they were on about when they were going on about you need to get style and stuff like that. It's Brett, I think. Yeah, and he's walking around, uh, Nick's walking around with his chain from his nose and he's going on about style and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah, that was just, it's going to lead to a Young's book uh, versus FTR match, which will be good. Hopefully the FTR goes over, though, this time. Yeah, yeah, the no. first one wasn't bad. Yeah, no, I, I like the first one, I'm saying. I just hope that FTR, they need it. FTR are one of the better tag teams in that division, but it just seems like they've been kept down so much. No, I get it. Um, so yeah, and then um, and it was a bit of a cluster promo with the acclaim, the team Taz and Swerve just doing stuff, um, just getting each other over. Um, with Rapper Lake, reference well. was funny, but yeah, I'm not a fan of the acclaim. They've made that quite clear. Uh, Bowens is great in the ring, but Max Caster is not my cup of tea. Yeah, so it's just there, and it's. Just, it, it's building towards something, but it's just, at the moment there's nothing with it. And then um, I was a big, I'm a big fan of what happened next. I love the Jericho, the the, the heel Jericho, but the egotistical heel sports entertainment Jericho. Oh, it was mint when he said it. I am a sports entertainer. I was like, and then like, 
and I'm a big fan. People don't get some people don't get them, but I love 2.0 as well. Just, just they're there all the time. Yeah. Speaking of 2.0 with this segment, uh, there's been a lot kind of banded about about the name changes. It's oh, yeah, nothing okay. to do with short at WWE. That's the way they've spun it. It's actually because it was confusing enough having a Matt and Jeff in the form of the Hardys. And it's also having Matt and Jeff in 2.0. Yeah, they, uh, I think they made an essence on the uh, being the elite this week where Jeff and Matt came up behind them and saying, you need to change your name, boys. And then yeah. literally this week. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy Jericho when he's a heel. Like It's his best. He isn't a face anymore for me. Like yeah, his yeah. heel work. Well, it's sad right. that they're sticking with the whole influencer thing. Oh yeah, it, it, I don't know if he get if he get builds into it as a heel, like it can just be one of them heel tactics of just being a complete knob. <laughs> That's what I'm all for. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll move on to the uh, Wardlow versus um, Sky, Scorpio Sky. That match wasn't great. Um. Like it wasn't bad, but it was just it was to it was to build a feud. Like that match was just happening to make sure MJF and like uh, Spears stopped the match. Because um, like some people thought Wardlow would go over just because of the whole run, but I, I expected him to get interfered in. Yeah, it also makes the face of the Revolution ladder match kind of almost meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, if you think about it that way, it definitely was. Now thinking about it, but like it was just. It just, the match did didn't click. Like uh, I think at many points Warlow could have easily won the match, but because of the story, it was never going to happen. Um, I rated that a two, uh, sorry, a two star. Um, and then on cage match, it's been absolutely slewed. By the way, so uh, not a fan of this one. I don't think Warlow Scorpio Sky came out better for this, especially Sky who was found off facing uphill battle to feel relevant. That was generally the gist of that match. Yeah, I mean. There was some questionable stuff in there as well. Like, why would they go to Powerbomb uh, Vanderbilt or whatever his name is? Like, either on there, you do the whole kind of elbow him off the, the apron. Don't go out there and try and powerbomb him. Uh, it's just. It made no sense. That, like, when I saw him do it, I'm like, why? Um, yeah, it was just. The match, as I said, it was just a build-up to MJF, but it's kind of throwaway match, especially, as you said, it ruined the the whole point of the revolution. Uh, what's the, the ladder match called again? Yeah, I mean... I mean what, what did you rate it? Um, so I rated it a... Um, it was a two. Two and two stars. Yeah. Well, and then like, we were... if they focused more on working together in the ring it could have been better there was some awkward yeah. stumbling as well it just didn't click and then talking of not clicking as well the hardys versus private party that was clunky as hell that match yeah mate i don't know if it was just i have a vision of what the hardys are in my head and the two middle-aged men kind of stumbling around the ring a little bit to... yeah it just wasn't there, was it? I think it's as you said, you, you think of the artists and you think about the 2000s artists flying around off tables and stuff like that. But it was just not great. Like, it, it wasn't terrible. Like, um, I rated it two and a half, so like, it, was just a, it was just an average match. But I think because of the Hardy Boys, you think you're going to see more. 
Yeah, and, and I don't know me. what was up with Jeff because obviously he went to do the twist of fate and he swanned on initially. Then for some reason changed his mind into the middle rope splash. Yeah, I don't then... know if he he forgot his spot or something yeah. like that and he thought, oh, it's the end of the match and he suddenly went, oh no, I'm supposed to do this instead of just going, you know what, I might as well just end the match. But, yeah. you know, had the same thing. But yeah, I rated it two and a half. It was, it was just... It was bad. It was just, I think I wanted more from the Hardys, which, you know, that's just my own opinion. Um, but even on cage matches, it, it's just a very average match. Um, a guy called Boo Mega. The match is the minimum you can ask, and if it was not for the Jeff debut, I would rate it even lower. But yeah, it was just the only thing that saved it a bit is it's Jeff Hardy. Yeah, and even Jeff, like, Matt's always, I say always, for the last couple of years, moved a little bit slower. Uh, but Jeff was moving around very slow as well. He wasn't his fast, yeah, fluid self. He looked very droggy, didn't he? Like just like slow paced. I don't know if it's just he's getting used to being back in the ring. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's ring rust or what. But and then um, he didn't look he out went... of it. He, he didn't look under the influence. That's no, no, yeah, saying, but... I wasn't into that. No, yeah, definitely not that. He just it's it just wasn't a good match. Um, and then you had the uh, the Andrade bunch, which now is it's gone from the Matt Hardy office to the Andrade and Hardy office to now the Andrade office. I think um, bunch came out and surrounded the ring, just led to obviously Allen and Sting coming down to save the day. So you're gonna have that's leading to a four on four, isn't it? Somewhere. Yeah. And I'm not for it. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I mean, Butcher and Blade should be on TV more. Uh, oh yeah. I saw like some a bit of a. A mark for uh, the butcher because I like every time I die. Yeah, Andy, <laughs> it's Andy Williams is his name, isn't it? Andrew Williams. What's his actual name? Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I think that's where it's going. It'll, and it'll probably won't be on a pay per view. It'll probably just be on Rampage. Yeah, so it's it was just another match to set up, another match, and obviously just to get the Dark Hardys on the TV and to get. Them. I thought that it was rushed that to have the Hardys match as well, but it is what it is with that. And then the I rated the next match. Like some people hated it, some people loved it. I this was my match of the night. The um, the steel cage match. Like, I thought it was really good, but I thought the finish was rushed. Yeah, you could tell. Um, I think I messaged you in the chat earlier about it um, when we were on about it. You could tell Audrey Hepburn came up to them when they're on, the, on their knees, and I think that suddenly when it went into hyper overdrive. So I think someone's told Audrey Hepburn we need to go home. Um, and it's just gone into a spin. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It got. I'm finally happy Thunder Rose has got over. Yeah, like she right. deserves to be champion. Yeah, if they were gonna wait until she was in her hometown, they shouldn't have done the match the other week. Yeah, right. that just kind of, especially the absolute WWE finishing of that match. Just let's get everything happening at the same time. Um, but yeah, it was good. Like I. I'm a fan. I'm going to sound weird. I'm a fan of women bleeding. I'm trying to word the um, the best way of wording it. If it's women a rare get... thing, like yeah. it, uh, it's weird to say, but them bleeding feels special because it means something. Yeah, and it's just a shock, isn't it? Seeing oh, even though we saw Thunder Rosa and Brit like like Brit Baker last time, like literally a crimson mask. Um, but it was it was good. Though. The spots were good. I liked the thumbtacks. Like the thumbtack, that power bomb looked horrible in a good way yeah it went rough yeah because I think she lost her footing but she just went and slammed her down um, then there was a weird no sell chair shot 
which I don't know what happened there. And then obviously the finish happened. But like over it, it was just an entertaining match, which is what I want in a main event. And uh, the cage was weird though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It seemed like it was out of position. It was too close at one side and too far out at the other. Yeah, it was like three sides. You could stand outside the ring, but then the one side you couldn't. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. And if odd. that was the plan, they should have had the side that was closer, a bit closer, because when they were trying to do the bang off the head, uh, bang off the your head off the cage wall spots, they were having to really throw themselves forward to reach it. Yeah, it was just. It was just a cod cage, but it didn't take away from the match, luckily. Like, I rated this. This was my match of the week. What I'm rating from what we're doing is uh, I rate it three and a half. Personal Pocket opinion, one. I don't know if it's just because I'm a mark for them, but I would have put the Danielson and Mox tag team match above it. Uh, yeah, so... They were, okay. Both those matches were my matches of the week, hands down, without competition, really. But it would have been the... Danielson tag and then uh, the Brett Baker Thunder Rosa match. That's fair enough. I said everyone's got their opinion. I just didn't get in. I could. I just. I think it's one of his. Um, I just couldn't get in it. Um, but yeah. So yeah. Overall, Dynamite was good. Like uh, it did what it needed to do with each week. Dynamite is just. It's much better than what's happening on the other shows at the moment. Um. But the good old rating, because um, you know, obviously it's a women's match and it's a cage match and people are bleeding, then someone's going to be uh, trashing on it. So let's see. Uh, the Tyson, the man wrote, no selling. The worst stunner ever from Thunder Rosa, 90 seconds, they use a blade. No hospitalization angle except the fun tax awful match. Britt Baker, sloppy as fuck. Boring and something went horribly wrong with it towards the end. It didn't make sense. Awful match. That's just someone that just doesn't Yeah, it's just someone that does just looking to hate stuff. In fairness, um, there was a hospitalisation angle like that because Aubrey Edwards counted the pin in the tax and had to get the trainer backstage to pull the tax out of her arm. That was horrible as well, it? I saw the picture and it was just, there was so many in her arm. Um, and then uh, an overall rating for the show, um, I rated it, I think, a seven. Um, yeah, this guy it rated solid. it a zero because you're going to go with that guy. How can you rate this episode how it's so high? I think the only real deal here is the mock arm drag regal stuff. Rest is just meh. The female title match is good just for the booking. The comeback of the Hardys too. Jericho and friends okay. Scorpio Sky Wardlow skippable, and so on. So he's saying stuff is good, but he rated it a zero. So I, I, I'm not going to believe that rating. Yeah, I, I, I like to show overall. Obviously, the there was tempered disappointment with the Hardys and as you rightly said, the the TNT title match was a bit clunky as well but overall I enjoyed Dynamite this week yeah like Dynamite strong most weeks at the moment like it's it's hard not to enjoy a show with Dynamite because they there's always even if there's a for every one bad match there's like three good matches whereas it's the reverse on Raw and Smackdown at the moment so for every four bad matches you'll get a good match yeah which is I don't want to sit through three hours of that <laughs> hopefully it gets better it just sounds like I'm all over WWE, but I like WWE. <laughs> <laughs> so that pretty much wraps everything up. I think this has been a successful first episode. I don't know about you. No, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, especially because this is the first time we've done this. Like, there's not been a run for or anything like that. This is just, we went go. Yeah, and it's our first time in a video call as well. So we, we seem to have good chemistry. 
That's always good, yeah. It would have been really awkward if we had to disband on a club after the first uh, podcast. <laughs> so, uh, all that's left for me to do then is on behalf of Rosie, myself and Ray, thank you all for listening. Uh, we will try and make this a weekly thing. We will go off the advice of you guys, so any kind of feedback at all, put it in the comments down below. Uh, I want to just shout out the guys who kind of inspired us to do this uh, with different podcasts we've listened to over the years uh, obviously a smart wrestling fan who brought me to wrestling podcasting to begin with uh, through Frontline Prediction League and uh, back JRPL back in the day where we actually met and formed our, our faction I'd like to shout those guys out uh, and their podcast as well, Top of the Card check them out as well they're a good listen but yeah just thank you very much everyone thank you and goodbye see you later <laughs>